stay at home on nine to five, raising your babies with joy and pride. A real ass mom, your real ass mom, taking care of business. Ooh, girl, you're resilient. Cause you're a real ass mom, a real ass mom. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. I'm your host, Devin. And I'm your host, Kendra. We are real moms. Sharing real experiences. The, the things people don't tell you. Hey, mama, hey. Hey, mama, hey. For those who are listening for the first time, I'm your host, Devin. And I'm your host, Kendra. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> How you doing today, friend? I'm I'm doing well. Well, it, today's a good day. Today is a good day. It's a little gloomy out, but the rain here in, in Georgia. We're in Atlanta, and I don't know. It's strange. Like one day it's hot, it's sunny. The next day it's snowing. Yeah, not real snow, but <laughs> not you know what snow. I mean. Like it's been like in the 30s. It's weird. So yeah. we're just taking it a day at a time. But today is a good day. Yeah, I'm that's thankful. good. I'm glad to hear that. So I'm excited because we have. A guest, or not one guest, we have two guests to have their own podcast about life and and their blood sisters. So I'm excited. And life at a certain age. And I would describe them as our Instagram aunties, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they're such a vibe. They're so cute. (laughs) Yeah, and very successful. Very, very, very very successful. And I think we would not do them enough service if we introduce who they are and their backgrounds. Actually, I would prefer for them to do that. Because again, like, I want them to get all their confetti and I want to make sure it gets thrown properly yes yes yes, welcome Sophia and Judy welcome (laughs) to the real mama pod thank you so much (laughs) hi ladies how are you doing today happy to be here yeah we're happy to have you we are happy to have you I just want to say that you you mentioned that um the weather in Atlanta some days it's rainy some days snowing in Southern California today it's snowing Southern California I don't believe it yeah, Judy sent me video, video of it. yeah of snow in her backyard. Oh my! Wow. Where in Southern California are you located? I am in the Santa Clarita Valley. Okay. I have never, in my thirty-five years of life, heard of snow in Southern California. Yeah, I mean we have we have um, snow in the mountains, like in Big Bear and Mammoth. But you go there for snow, but like in areas that you don't go there for skiing, it's unusual to get that snow. Yeah. Man, well, I hope you are bundled up and warm in your home. <laughs> and I hope the streets are safe Absolutely. because I imagine Southern California is not equipped for snow. No, no. I mean, and it's, it's not sticking or anything, but I'm, I'm just staying put in my house. <laughs> I think that's the best I'm thing not going do. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so do you all want to introduce yourself who I let, let's let's oh. go with, with Judy okay okay all right well my name is Judy Grant and I am one half of the two Soka podcast two sisters of a certain age I'm 54 years old about to be 55 next month okay. um and I am most definitely of a certain age my kids are growing and growing up and growing out uh and it's, it's actually a really great period in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've 
you know, feeling fulfilled in so many different things that I do. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, and I came to that career a little bit later in life. I went back to school in 2013 and I have been working in the field ever since. And I absolutely love what I get to do for my clients and to really help to be a part of their journey to growth and empowerment and fulfillment. Um, in addition, I am a professor of child and family studies at a local university. And again, being on that journey with my students to help them achieve their academic goals is really, um, I just feel incredibly honored to be able to be a part of that with my students. And finally, I am the director of equity and inclusion at a local um, community mental health organization. Wow. And that's a whole other thing where I get to actually utilize my therapeutic experience, um, my teaching experience to bring mm -hmm. inclusivity into our community. I work with our staff, I work with the local schools, um, community partners, and um, those are the things that I do professionally, personally. I am the mother of three. I am married, my second husband, my first we don't talk about so much. Um, <laughs> But my second husband is wonderful and we, you know, are just growing our family. Our children um, are getting older, more independent, going out and doing things on their own. Uh, Rick and I love to travel. We love being with our family and friends. And um, I love doing two soca with my sister. That is definitely a highlight. So that's me in a nutshell. Well, That's a big nutshell, Judy. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> well, okay, Judy, we're um, happy to have you. Sophia. Yeah, I am Sophia Grant, Dr. Sophia Grant. I'm a board um, certified pediatrician and child abuse um, pediatrician. I'm the medical director of the child abuse program for um, uh, a local hospital, and I'm also the medical director for the sexual assault unit. Wow. Um, I am an, an expert in the area of domestic minor sex trafficking, and I have three kids. They're all out of the house, and um, I am a complete empty nester. Um, there's nobody in this house except me. And um, I love to travel, love to travel with my kids, and um, I think I'm about to be a foster mom to a dog. Aww. So um, that, that's probably happening in the next few days. We love that. But dogs here. Uh, life is really good. It's really good. I'm, I'm really content and happy um, at this stage of my life. And I just feel tremendously blessed. Wow. Thank you, Sophia. Can't wait to have this conversation. I know with we told y'all super like a successful, wealth of knowledge. right? <laughs> Goodness, <Yeah. laughs> and do so much for their communities. Yes. So mm -hmm. usually when we uh, do our podcast, the first question we ask our guest is, "Can you tell us about your journey to mamahood briefly?" Um, I'll Andy, start. I think you should start. You had babies well, before me. Well, we know, do that to uh, each other. <laughs> Yes. You know, as a little girl, I always wanted to have kids. I knew I wanted to have kids. I'm a pediatrician. I love kids. Um, I got married in December and by March I was pregnant. I didn't know it would be that easy to get pregnant. 
And um, I had, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I loved being pregnant, but I had, you know, my, my first child. And, um, you know, when people talk about like a happy moment in your life, I remember uh, she was born at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, I remember like maybe three, four o'clock in the morning the next day where it was just um, her and I in the hospital room and the light over my bed was on and I was looking at this beautiful child. And I don't know what rush of hormones happened to me, but it was like this overwhelming, tremendous sense of love and happiness. And... Um, like, it's like the happiest moment of my life. And I, I don't know what it was. And um, it didn't happen with the other two. Um, <laughs> but um, doesn't make, it doesn't mean I love them any less. But um, I think because I, I always wanted to be a mother and have a bunch of kids, I ended up having um, two more kids. And uh, the last baby was, she's about seven years younger than the first. And um, Judy had a role in that because she was born in the car and delivered by Judy in the car, which is an episode on our podcast. But um, motherhood is um, singularly the most rewarding experience of my life. And um, the, the area of my life that gives me absolute joy. And if you take everything away from me, if you take away my career and you just leave me with motherhood, I would be perfectly fine. Mm. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, thank wow. you so much. Okay. Candy. <laughs> I can't um, wait to hear about this story though. With the, the Like her Judy delivering the baby in the car. I yeah. need to <laughs> yeah, it was it was a surreal event. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was it was it was crazy making, but we did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did it. Uh, so my journey to motherhood, um, a little bit different in that I had a long history of uterine fibroids. Mm -hmm. um, I had a number of surgeries, so much so doctors said it's unlikely that I could ever get pregnant. So it broke my heart to even hear that because I so, so wanted to be a mother. And when I became pregnant, I actually, my sister knew I was pregnant before I did. Yeah. She could see it on me. And because it was so far-fetched that this could even happen for me. But I had my first daughter. Um, she is 24 years old. And um, like Candy, I felt like, I was the poster child for motherhood. I could not have been happier to have my baby girl. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting emotional actually thinking about it. Yeah. So following that, um, I didn't seem to be able to get pregnant. Um, it just was not happening for me. And again, the scar tissue in my uterus um, really did not seem to allow for a proper implantation. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until six years later that I had another child. And it was really one of those out of the blue, miraculous sort of things. Um, and I recognized, wow, 
I'm actually pretty fertile. So let me go on birth control. And lo and behold, I got pregnant with my son while I was on birth control. Wow. So clearly all of my children were supposed to be here for a reason. They were determined to be here and they found a way to make it into my life. And I feel um, just incredibly blessed to have them. And they are truly my greatest joy. And let me tell you something, Judy's first two kids, um, like our girls are two years, like almost two years apart, December 17th and December 18th. And the second child is mine is September 3rd. Hers is September 2nd, the following year. Wow. We love to so hear So we have these similar stories. fertility cycles. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Like, it's like that's genetics for you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, um, thank you both for sharing your journeys to mamahood. You both have beautiful stories. Um, and just the emotion that's attached to you becoming mothers even your kids are, are grown and older now. You still have those emotions and connections tied to your children. I, I love to hear it. And so moving. Um, so we, we want to talk to you all about, you know, we, we both have young children. Uh, Devin's oldest is four. My oldest is three. We only have one. Uh, but she has mm-hmm. a four-year-old and a two, almost three-year-old. And I have a three-year-old son. So we are still in these early, like, age stages of being moms but both of you have children who are grown or are in this teenage high school phase right um and we we want to know more about that so how have or how did you all prepare your kids like for college and what was the experience like with having high schoolers like we want to tap into like children at an older age Hmm. um for me, um, my kids have always been self-motivated. So um, my when my oldest was four, she was in kindergarten, and she was there for about three weeks. And she said, Mommy, I know everything I need to know for life. <laughs> I said, really? And she said, yeah, but I don't know how to drive. I don't know how to work. And I haven't been to college. So in this little girl's mind, going to college was what she needed in life. And it wasn't anything that we sat down and talked about, but it was just like, you know, I talk about undergrad and grad school and things like that. So it just became, you know, this uh, expectation uh, for her. But with my children, um, I really wanted them to be exposed to not just academics, because they were gonna get that, but I wanted them to be exposed to the arts as well. And so I I put them in a school where they stressed academics and arts. They were all performers, um, not so much singers, but they were in the shows and the plays. And um, I felt it was important because when I went to medical school, there were lots of really smart people, but they couldn't talk about theater or music or um, anything that was not related to the sciences. So I wanted my children to be well-rounded. So in addition to the arts, we traveled, I took them to plays and um, I'm really proud that they can see the world through um, 
not just a you know black and white, but through a multicolored lens. Oh, I love that exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, for Miss um, Judy? Okay, so teenage years. Um, it can be a bit of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it can be it's can be a roller coaster for them and for the parent to watch your child kind of on the ups and downs of their journey. And I think I'm thinking particularly about my last two who were teenagers during COVID mm-hmm. and having to do online schooling and the toll that that took on them. Um, the lack of socialization and involvement with their peers and the emotional effect that that can have on them. And um, also the academic effect that that can have, that it did have. And so it was definitely a journey for, for both of them. Um, my, my second daughter, I actually dropped her off at college this past fall. And um, my son is now a junior in high school. Uh, In regards to college itself, getting them there, it's been a different process for my older two. Um, My eldest daughter, it wasn't really something that she wanted to pursue. And I'm going to just be real and honest, that really took me aback because education and school is so who I am. So what my family taught me, and this is an expectation that we have of our children. And yet I had to take a step back and acknowledge the fact that my journey is not my daughter's journey. Mm. And I need to be respectful of Mm -hmm. what she wants and how she's going to make her way in the world. And so I told her, if you don't want to go to college, that's fine. Um, But what I do expect is that you become a productive member of society, an independent young woman where you can take care of yourself and you can provide for yourself, for others, and just to be a good person within within the societal confines that we live in. And she's doing that. And she is she's thriving. Again, it wouldn't be what I had imagined for her, but I had to take that out of the equation because again, her journey is not my journey and vice versa. Um, My second daughter, she was ready to go to college from the time she was about two years old. (laughs) And so she is there. And her first semester was definitely an emotional challenge for her, how to juggle life and school and academics and freedom for the first time. but it seems as if second semester, she has really found her groove and she's happy with her classes. She's happy with her friends. And as a parent, it is so relieving Mm -hmm. to see when your children Mm -hmm. hit their stride. Um, My son is again, a junior and he's had his own academic challenges and we recently moved him to a different school, a much smaller school, where he can get really um, great one-on-one attention. He's been diagnosed classic ADHD, and that has been a challenge for us. Um, But having moved him to this new school, he's finding 
his rhythm. He is finding the support that he needs. And I got a text from his teacher saying, Grayson completed his math test and he did very, very well. Um, and that really, as a parent, makes me feel good for me to know that I made the right decision for my child right. by moving him to a school that really focused on what he needed. That's great. It, it is. And for you to have these stories, like all three of your children have their own story. Right. And um, I, you know, we appreciate you for, for sharing all of those perspectives because they're all equally important. Um, man. Yeah. Are you looking for a place to go, like on vacation or with your girls? Uh, of course. I'm always looking to kick it with my girls yeah. or my man. Yeah, or yes, mm -hmm. or your boo. Well, if you are in search of a vacation planner we have the perfect person for you and that is kt travel and more yes stephanie is fabulous and thorough very and she will make sure you have the best time on your vacation yes yo if you have a destination wedding you're trying yes. to plan let's talk about that mm -hmm. okay anniversary couples yes. trips baby all moon that. baby moon yeah she got you she got you all the way so check out kt travel and more so like Kendra said, we have smaller children who are eventually mm -hmm. going to be teenagers and adults. Mm -hmm. So give us the secrets. How do you connect with your teen and adult <laughs> children? Because <laughs> we're taking all the notes here. We, um, not that we want to be friends with our kids, but we really want to have an open relationship where they feel safe to talk to us about anything. Um, so we want to know. How do we proceed with doing that when the time gets here? I know. We still um, have some time. Um, I, I connect with my kids. Um, my kids are, are similar to me. Um, first of all, since they're away, I FaceTime them all the time. I want to see what you look like. I want to see that you're not wasting away. Um, and I check in with them routinely. We are very similar in terms of like, we love to play Scrabble. Mm -hmm. We love word games. We love theater. So we connect on that level. Um, I've always maintained um, kind of open conversations with my children about things that most people shy away from, like um, sex, drugs, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a specialist in human trafficking. Right. So that's always going to be, you know, um, a part of the discussion. Um, but <clears throat> I let them know that there's nothing that you can do uh, to make me stop loving you. So that means that I might be disappointed in you, but I will never stop loving you. And I think children need to know that. My son was about six or seven when he said, mommy, if, if I went to jail, would you still love me? And I said, yes, I, if, if you were guilty, I wouldn't like what you did, but mommy will never stop loving you. And that is um, something that they have said when they look back on their childhood is you always supported us no matter what. So, um, we, we, we travel together. I talk with them. And um, another lesson I've learned is when I make mistakes as a parent, 
I ask my kids for their forgiveness. And um, I didn't, Judy and I didn't grow up in a house where our parents admit they were wrong. Mm. You know, um, (laughs) so, (laughs) yeah. So like, if I am wrong, I ask for their forgiveness. And I think um, I've, I've heard them asking each other for each other's forgiveness. And I think, um, they know that I make mistakes as a mother and I'm ready to own up to it. Yeah. Really good perspective. What about you, Judy? So um, similar to what what my sister said, uh, we've always had a very open, honest relationship. I'm very transparent with them. Um, One of the things that we do and we enjoy is that we know we can be silly with one another and we can laugh at each other. Um, Just last week in the supermarket, my son and I were dancing through the aisles, like goofy dancing, Mm -hmm. just, but it was hysterical. And we were just rolling with laughter and just to be able to, to hold on to that sense of humor with your kids, I think is important. Um, I am always there for them and they know this. And I think it's probably a lot of that, instinctual desire to nurture, but coupled with my therapeutic background, I am always looking at my children thinking about how something might make them feel, Mm -hmm. how they're responding to it, uh, and asking them the questions. Um, Now, my daughter told me years ago that I can't therapize her, (laughs) so I promise, I promise never to be my kid's therapist, but I am also very in tune to what's going on with them. And so when I approach them and ask them, they know that it's coming from a place of support and just love and a desire for them to thrive. Um, We have very open and honest conversations, again, like what my sister said, about topics that other parents wouldn't talk about. Uh, And quite frankly, having those conversations allows your children to come back to you Mm -hmm. when they have something that they want to share. So we talk about sex, we talk about drugs, we talk about religion and race issues, all of these things that are supposed to be taboo, but they know here they can discuss those things. And so when they have an issue or a thought or a concern, they know they can come and say, Hey, mommy, I want to talk to you about such and such because that door has already been opened. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a a really good transition into our next question about, so (laughs) we both have boys. um, And I imagine this may be conversations that our husbands have with them, but we're both terrified of the conversations about sex, right? Like we don't know what to, what to do with that. Um, (laughs) I can't say that my parents had a true authentic conversation with me about sex. It was more so like they mentioned it, but not really. It was more like a don't you do it, you know. But when it comes to having those like educational, true, real conversations with our kids about sex, like any tips on how to approach those conversations? Because we may have listeners who are, you know, at that stage within Mm -hmm. motherhood where their kids are teenagers or, you know, they don't know. So any advice you have, we're we're welcome to it. (coughs) Well, you know what? I think this conversation starts well before the teenage years. Mm -hmm. 
it starts early. Yep. It, it has to start early. Um, and talking to them first, you know, age appropriate language, but talking to the little ones about their bodies, okay. about their body parts, using real terms for their body Correct parts. terminology. <laughs> you know, the, the vagina shouldn't be the pocketbook or the cookie or right. the anything. And this is from a child abuse standpoint, because when you have a perpetrator and you call in the vagina, the cookie, oh, I'm going to cut, eat the cookie or something. That's really cute. Mm -hmm. But when a kid says, stop touching my vagina, mm -hmm. that's going to give the perpetrator, it's going to give them pause and say, wait, this kid knows what you're talking about. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, um, there's so much confusion. So it's like, kids don't know the, the genitals. So it's like, oh, my front part. What, what's your front part? Oh, this is my back front part. What's your back part? And there's so much confusion. It interferes with communication. And I feel it teaches children that there's something wrong with the genitals. Mm -hmm. If your elbow's your elbow, your ankle's your ankle, why is your penis a peepee? So teach them the right terminology and they won't carry the baggage that something's wrong with that or something is taboo about that. Right. That's Judy, really you can good. continue. <laughs> so, so there are um, a number of really great books. When, when we were young, we had a book called Where, Where Do I Come From? I still have that book. I've used that book with my children. And it talked about sex in a way that was appropriate for a child, uh, but that was real. And I also, I would definitely let my kids know, okay, look, don't go talking about this at school because <laughs> some parents have not had the conversation with their kids yet. Um, so that was yeah. always an understanding. Another thing that we did, this isn't so long ago, we got a book, um, I can't remember the name of it. I will have to look it up. But I got a book for my son because he was my first boy. How am I going to address those issues with my son, like the two of you said? And uh, so we, I ordered from Amazon. We got this book. I, it could have been The Care and Feeding of You. And we started reading it as a family together. And so he could ask, wait, what's a period? Wait, what? what's... what? I don't understand this. And his sisters and I were there reading it with him and we were all part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to, you know, if he listens to this, he might be mortified, but I'm just going to go ahead and share <laughs> that we've had many conversations about sex. And he's, he's always said that he knows that he can come to me because we talk about it regularly, appropriately, but regularly enough. And it dawned on me the other day that I haven't talked to my son about masturbation. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I really need to have that conversation. I can't depend upon his father for doing that. So I need to. Mm -hmm. So I kind of prefaced it by, look, we talk about these issues, but there's one thing that we have not discussed and I want to discuss it. And he's like, what's up? And I mention it. And we have a full conversation about it, but I, I'm always checking in with him. Are you comfortable talking about this with your mother? Right. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Um, we talk about this stuff regularly. So 
I felt really good in that moment as a parent, as a mother, knowing that I feel like I've now covered most of the bases with my son about sex and not just the, the act of sex, but also about his personal body and what happens in his body. That's good. Well, I think we're on the right track because our kids do know body parts. Yes, they, they do, do know about call their penis their penis, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they know about our menstrual cycles and they ask yeah. questions about it. So, because there's no privacy at this age, everybody's in the bathroom with no. you. So, oh no, no, no. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. I I remember when my uh, son was in the bathroom, he's and he's like, "Why are you bleeding?" And yeah. I had to tell him. And then he just thought it was so cool mm-hmm. to reach for my sanitary. Do you and need pass this? it to you. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, no privacy. Mommy, are you hurt? Yeah. Said, no privacy. Mommy's not hurt. I can't not remember but if mm-hmm. it was candy. Was it me or you? I can't remember. Like some, one of our kids asked why there was spaghetti coming from us. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. All right. So, no, that's, that's your that's, child. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you but yeah but i th- i think even those moments are educational for them right yeah, absolutely right. yeah absolutely so your respective professions do you all feel like it helped you in parenthood or you keep them too separate no definitely i know i became a better pediatrician once i became a mother because before i had kids you know you kind of have this hard and fast rule oh, they need to be off the bottle by this, Mm -hmm. off the sippy cup by this age. And when you have those kids, you know it's so hard to get them out of your bed, to get them off the bottle, to get them. So I became more compassionate and I gave my my families more wiggle room. Um, What I would say my kids um, have experienced is because of what I do, I'm very wary of um, situations for potential abuse. So it's it's like being the child of a cop. You know mm-hmm. the evil that's out there. So I'm very cautious. I I I make them aware that there's danger. Um, when I sent my uh, kids to school, uh, college, I was very concerned about date rape and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think they think that's a bit too much. But in my experience, I am telling them just enough right. um, to keep them vigilant. But it, it it's hard to separate the two. Um, my children sometimes forget that I am a doctor mm-hmm. and uh, they will um, ask or look st- medical stuff up online. And I'm like, you know, I'm a doctor, right? <laughs> and um, I have to remind them. But um, yeah, it's hard to not have your career bleed into your home life. But I think it's a good thing. Now, they will complain that they. I ignored many of their medical complaints and I didn't take it seriously <laughs> enough, but, um, you know, that's a doctor's kid. I, Judy, our father was a doctor and we, daddy would we look at us doctor. and say, you're fine. And, yeah. you know, and never, yeah. Cause daddy was in the house. So I think it's kind of similar for us. Yeah. That's funny. And I would have to say, um, 
my sister's profession also bleeds into my parenting. Okay. Because I hear from her and I go mm -hmm. and tell my kids about the the possible dangers that are out there and trafficking and date rape and all of those fun topics. Um, but I definitely utilize things as a therapist with my children. Um, I'm not therapizing them, but I think I'm just so much more aware of their emotions mm -hmm. and their behaviors. And I sometimes probably read too deeply into things that are not necessary. Um, but I think it has definitely helped me to be a better parent mm -hmm. because, um, I, I really want to know what's going on with my children. Mm -hmm. I, I, I need to know what's going on with them and being able to ask those questions and ask the right questions has helped tremendously in, in, I think in our mutual respect for one another and for them knowing how present I am in their lives. That's good. Yeah, you just never know. But you know, being this type of parent, mm -hmm. it's it it's it's not easy because there's always work to do. There's some people who have kids and the kids are raised remote control. Like, mm -hmm. oh, do what you want, your friends are okay. They aren't monitoring, they aren't checking. But like the type of parent that Judy and I are, it's labor intensive right. and it requires a lot of involvement and it's exhausting at times. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, so far so good. I think we're doing a good job. You're doing a great yeah, job. I think so, great. Right. Leading examples for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> with, with little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we have two more questions, but we, we wanted to ask this question to, to Judy. Um, Judy, you've been very transparent about um, having gone through a divorce. And um, for moms who may be going through a divorce or, or, or who have gone through a divorce and they're trying to navigate that with their children, like what advice would you give to them? Okay, first of all, it's not easy for anybody, the parent or the child. Mm -hmm. um, at the time of my divorce, my eldest really saw the most of it. My other ones that were much younger and they didn't really understand what was happening. Um, I knew that I needed help personally. I needed support. So I sought my own therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, I wasn't a therapist at the time, but I knew that I wanted that for myself. And I recognized, well, if I need this, she probably needs needs this mm. she's so she's young she doesn't understand what's happening she doesn't understand her emotions she can't articulate those feelings and so i sought therapy for her as well so we were both kind of going um going through that therapeutic process um together and i just wanted her to have a space where she could talk freely to somebody and not have it always be me right so that was um, very important to me. And I also think being as transparent as possible with them. Uh, I remember it could have been the night that we moved out of my ex-husband's, of my marital home. 
and I, you know, moved my children myself into another house and um, my children, you know, asked why were we getting divorced? Now, I did not tell them the full story to, to the length. It wasn't appropriate to share the details with them. But what I said to them was, um, I need to be the best possible role model for you in your life. And if I had stayed in that relationship, that would give you a wrong idea about what relationships are supposed to look like. Mm. Um, and I need you to recognize that it is better to be by yourself and content and happy with your children rather than in a toxic, unhealthy relationship that would only set them up for failures in their adult relationships. Right. So uh, that was definitely a motivating factor to, to leave that relationship. I did not want my children to think that this was normal. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so transparent and vulnerable with your experience. And I'm sure it will certainly help uh, moms who may be going through a divorce or, or may have gone through a divorce. Uh, mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Judy, for that. Yes, of thank course. you. Of course. Well, you know, we had a great conversation. Y'all were very thorough in answering our questions, very in-depth. <laughs> and, you know, with all that mama talk, <laughs> it is time for some mama juice. Okay? Yes. Oh, Debbie so, is holding up her yeah. mama juice. Okay. So what are we drinking? So this drink is called Blood Sisters for mm -hmm. obvious reasons. <laughs> Judy and Sophia, as Judy likes to call Sophia candy. <laughs> They are blood sisters and are doing life together. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that they have a podcast of their own. Yeah. Um, so that's this drink was inspired by them. And so I reached out to them. I said, what do y'all like to drink? And I just want to say that when we usually ask people that question, it's a pretty generic response. It's like, oh, I like wine or I like um, sometimes I like bourbon or whatever. They gave me actual drinks. So I was like, OK, they like a good cocktail. Like they mentioned Palomas, coconut mojitos. I said, OK, Our type of people. I can drink with Judy and Sophia. <laughs> so we created a drink that. Now, no, no, don't don't get it twisted. We are lightweight. <laughs> we are lightweight. So am I. So am I. Yeah, Devin is a lightweight. I'm not so much, but Devin uh -huh. is a lightweight. And the, the drinks that y'all mentioned, though, they're good drinks. Mm -hmm. They're really good. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, your drink is called Blood Sisters. And I tried to create a drink that spoke to some of the examples that you all gave me in terms of drinks that you like to drink. So, it has one and a half ounces of rum, which was inspired by the mojito. It has two ounces of blood orange juice, which speaks to you both being your blood sisters. And then we topped it with a Prosecco. And the reason why we topped it with a Prosecco is because they also mentioned that they like a good old fashioned uh, mimosa. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to put champagne on this. That's something sweeter mm -hmm. because the blood orange is kind of tart. So that is our blood sisters drink. It has rum, it has blood orange juice, it has prosecco, and of course you need a mint garnish. So that is the garnish. 
And if that you are, great. I'm, I'm writing this down, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> you should have it in your email. Judy. Yeah, you'll have it in your email. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, okay. that's the cocktail. It works in the email. If you are a mama to be or you don't drink alcohol, which is totally fine. You can have this drink. You'll just replace the rum with in the Prosecco with a sparkling white grape juice. So yeah. you can use the blood orange and you mm-hmm. can put sparkling white grape juice on it and you can have your mint garnish or you can use club soda too. Yeah, That's it's also very good. tasty, y'all. My type of drink, you know, Kendra, drink those drinks that put hair on your chest. <laughs> I don't have any hair. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I need to go check. Oh, oh whatever. I'm just kidding. So now What's going on in Mama's Corner? Mama's Corner. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, Mama's Corner is my favorite segment of the show because this allows us to connect with our guests and our listeners. Mm-hmm. So typically, our listeners write in a letter and we'll read it and have our guests kind of answer the question and we answer together Mm -hmm. um sometimes y'all give us mama hacks or drink suggestions Mm -hmm. or sometimes y'all ask us for advice and that's cool we give you advice based on our own personal experiences so if something does not work out for you do not (laughs) tell the people that we told y'all to do it but if it does go ahead and give us our props hey we heard this (laughs) on the the real mama pod pod. yeah but (laughs) Sometimes we are reflective in Mama's Corner, and I think this is a perfect time to be reflective Mm -hmm. because I do have an additional question for Sophia and Judy. So you all mentioned that you are sisters of a certain age, which I love and respect, age and like fine wine. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also uh, talked about going through a divorce, being empty nesters, those type of things. We want to know, what's dating like after 50? (laughs) Sorry, that's Mm -hmm. just good. Oh my gosh, we we did an episode on that. Um, um, For me, I, um, after uh, my divorce, you know, I, I did try to date, but um, it was, it wasn't easy. Um, I did not want to lower my standards and I certainly didn't want to bring anybody home who wasn't worthy of my kids. So I essentially have been single since my divorce and I have reached a place of contentment that only comes from having my peace and knowing that I'm not changing my standards to be with somebody. Um, And, you know, ideally, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bash marriage because when I was married, I, I was happy, but like to be removed from it, you realize as a mother and a wife, how much you put yourself on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And after being single for so long, I'm like, listen, I am on the front burner. I'm not on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into a situation where I have to always be considering somebody else's feelings and wants before my own. Right. So I am happily sola and um, it feels good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was good. Really good perspective. You know, we, we also talked about um, that dating today is very different from, you know, decades ago with the internet out there and the apps that are out there and how it's not as organic as it once used to be. Mm -hmm. You don't just meet 
and exchange numbers and talk on the phone. It's about, let me get your Instagram. Let me stalk you on Instagram to see if I think you are cool enough or hip enough or hot enough to pursue this. Mm -hmm. And so it feels um, like a very shallow beginning to, to a possible relationship. Mm -hmm. So that is something, you know, that I think we both felt um, in my brief time of dating. And another thing that I want to mention is that when I did meet my husband, I recognized that it was he and I chose each other. We didn't need other to complete our lives. We didn't need each other to be happy. We chose each other to enhance the life that we have. Mm-hmm. So I might be happily married. Rick and I have been married now for uh, 10 plus years. Um, but I'm also an independent woman who gets to share her life with this partner. Yeah. So I think people need to question, am I going into this because I need something? Or am I going into this because I want something? That's real. There's a difference. Exactly. Yeah. That was good. That was a really, both of you have very great perspectives on what dating looks like after 50 and, and what's real. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you both for, for sharing that. Right. And I, I just want to add, um, you know, because of the my professional role, um, a lot of men are intimidated mm-hmm. by me. And this isn't to toot my own horn. Right. But, but toot it. I remember, you know, meeting a guy and him saying, I can't afford you. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to pay for, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of this kind of need to keep up with you, this right. need to, to match you. And it is very difficult. So rather than choose to be with somebody who's trying to keep up, I'd rather sit at home and read a book. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Right. I know not that's right. Mad one bit. <laughs> yeah. One bit. Thank you so much, both yes. of you. This was great. I'm glad we were able to connect and mm-hmm. reach out to each other and really have this podcast exchange. <laughs> um, so we will be on their platform as well. Mm-hmm. And um, this was awesome. We really enjoyed y'all. And thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your transparency. This is great. And hanging out with us. Yeah. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for stopping by the pod. Thank you. Absolutely. It was our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Y'all could be anywhere on your Thursday nights and you are kicking it with us at the Real Mama Pod. Yes. So, friend, where can they find us on the socials? They can find us wherever they like. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, and we are at the Real Mama Pod. If you are curious about my life, I'm at Kendra Ferg underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I'm Kendra Ferguson on Facebook. Okay. And I'm mainly on Instagram. You can follow me at devgrace underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, check out our website if you want to know more about us. Yes. If you want some mama merch out, yes. we're wearing our sweatshirts today. Yes. But we have other things on there. We also have rich auntie merch. So check us out. Yes. Uh, you can reach us at www dot the real mama pod <laughs> dot com uh, yes and if you are listening to us of course we need your reviews rate subscribe yes. review us we're on all major platforms yes. and youtube please make sure you leave your review yes we've been working hard on our videos as you if you started with us from day one <laughs> you see it's just getting better with time so continue to be patient with us 
and we thank you. Yes, and one last thing: if you have something from Mama's Corner, yes, <laughs> please write my friend in Mama's Corner. Yes, you can write us at Mama at therealmamapod.com. Yep, that's it. All right. <laughs> Until, Until next time. time. Bye. Bye.